Hello and welcome to episode 10 of When the Flames Go Up, the ATFC podcast with me, Will Brown. It's episode 10. We've hit the big 1-0. I never thought we'd get here, um, but in initial discussions in the first couple of episodes, I did say it will start getting good at about episode 10. So um, yeah, see, see how we get on with this one. Episode 11 is next week, and because we haven't got a game this weekend, we're not going to uh, discuss kind of what's what's going on. So we prepared the first in a new series of Older Shots All-Time 11s, where we come together and debate who should go into this starting 11 around a desired topic. The first in the series is lone players we've fallen in love with 11. So that's coming out next Wednesday. It's going live at like 6am. So whenever you wake up on on Wednesday, unless you're a a binman, I suppose, or a woman. Um, so yeah, come together for that. It's quite shoddily put together. Um, and I absolutely love it. I thought it's quite funny. Um, the intro is a take on Sheik's good time. Good time? Good times. So um, yeah, look forward to that. Because if it doesn't get copyright striked, it will be in the charts very soon. So uh, for this episode... We've got Ian, Joe, and Julian on the panel to discuss Lawrence Holage, Halifax away, upcoming games. We've got three home games in a row, and general National League news. There's a lot's going on, and we're moving position quite often. Next week, we could find ourselves in ninth position, or maybe eighth. So we could have moved down three places and only played one game. So I hope you enjoy the episode. Send in any comments or messages or any ideas for other series to atfcpodcast at gmail.com. Until then, enjoy the show. Right. Uh, welcome to another episode with uh, with Lauren Tolladge, still at Aldershot. Ten episodes. He um, he's scored a very important goal against Halifax in the second episode, I think, a 98th minute winner. And he scored again at Halifax at the weekend um, to kickstart the turnaround in a 2-1 win. So um, there was a lot of drama. Well, we don't know if it's complete drama or social media. Hype. A lot of people were saying he's 100% leaving on deadline day. Um, AFC Wimbledon were sniffing around. They just lost Ali Alhamadi to Ipswich. They ended up signing Josh Kelly from Solihull Moors, which could be a blessing in disguise. He scored 15 goals for them this season. Um, and obviously, as we know, he's, he scored four and four for Oldershot. And after Halifax, that was his 20th, no, 25th league game of the season, league start of the season, 20th goal in all competitions. Um, and that allowed the club to trigger an automatic contract extension to the end of next season, summer of 25. So um, we're, all, we're all buzzing about that. So I'm going to come to you first, Julian, as you're first on my on my screen. Um, what are your thoughts on, on Laurentiel Lodge staying for at least the rest of this season? Oh, well, it, it's great news, isn't it? I think on um, on deadline day, and I, I must have lost half a stone. I was, I was worrying. I was looking at Twitter every two minutes. Yeah, firstly, he had gone to Wimbledon, then he'd gone to Portsmouth, and oh, it was uh, it was a long long day um it would have been nice if the club had actually told us about this contract extension and then i, I think i would have been uh, a little bit happier but um no it's really good news um 
excellent news. In fact, it was probably better than the the uh, deadline day signing, in in my opinion. Um, it just gives us. It just feels like we've got such good momentum. You know, the the um, the Kidderminster game seems forever away now, and and I know as soon as I say that, I'll I'll probably be uh, be shot down in flames, and we'll get another bad result. But it, it feels like the momentum is really with us, and and I think that's largely down to Tolage. So uh, yeah, we're really really happy that he's staying. Brilliant, yeah, and uh, yeah, he said in his uh, kind of statement. I'm happy to stay. I feel like I'm not finished with Old Truck just yet. I'm happy here and really enjoying my football. I'm looking forward to finishing the season strong and to score as many goals as I can to help the team. Love to hear it. So, Joe, I'm going to come to you next. What What are your thoughts on Tolash staying? Oh, yeah, it's just it's absolutely brilliant news for the rest of our season. Um, I think it's pivotal um, to us probably hopefully making the playoffs. If we do, um, I think it'll be down to him having stayed We'll see that it's a collective effort, but I think he, his goals are going to make the difference. Um, I think we were all really worried looking at Twitter and things. I tell myself all the time that social media is absolute nonsense, but I was sort of there reading every rumour going, I can't believe it, he's gone, he's gone. And then um, I think the only person who wasn't worried, I think, was Tommy Widrington all along. I think he's probably been reading all these things, just laughing to himself, knowing that he's had this sort of tucked up his sleeve. Um, and I'm really impressed with our sort of, Current recruitment policy, um, incredibly shrewd. There was it twenty five games he had to play to um start to get his extension, and um, yeah, really sensible. Means if he didn't start loads, he's not going to cost a lot for us to keep him. And if he did start, presumably he's been playing well, which he has. And now we've got him for contracted for another year. Um, he probably will go in the summer. Um, I think we're all expecting that, but um, that'll be for a lot more money than we would have got for had he had sort of five months left. So. Yeah, brilliant news. Um, I love him to bits. I think he's probably my favourite ever striker for Aldershot. Um, I know it's only been here six months, but I think yeah, everything about his game I just love. <laughs> we can we can accept hyperbole for this for this uh, this Swiss Swiss guy we've got in. Um, and the other thing I was thinking about you just mentioned the the contract there. The, what what was going on with the captain's armband? That's what I want to know. Was that part of the deal? Who knows. Ian, what are your thoughts on the on Laurento last day? Yeah, absolute relief. And I was working late on Thursday, so I was able to generally stay off Twitter. And that's kind of a rule that I have for most deadline days, but more to do with the Premier League circus and everything to do with that. So I normally stay away from transfer window business. But the first time that there's a transfer window where Aldershot were involved and there was a concern I certainly got caught up in the fear and was reading the tweets that said he's definitely going he's definitely going um and yeah had a nervous few hours and when I saw the was it Tommy tweeted about see you all tomorrow or early start or whatever uh it was time to go and have a little celebratory drink yeah, I think you just tweeted admin dismissed and see you, see you in the morning kind of thing, which is that great. Was brilliant. That, that put my mind at rest for sure. Yeah. And then I think the uh, the next message was see you on Saturday, wasn't it? Or... Yes. <laughs> Superb. Um, so, yeah, I, I want to echo everyone else's uh, thoughts on Tolad. It's been unbelievable and uh, generally been one of the main reasons that have been exciting to go and watch Aldershot 
again this season. So um, also on deadline day, we signed James Daly from Harrogate Town on loan to the end of the season. Um, he made 35 appearances for Woking and scored seven times in the 2022-23 season. They seem to think quite highly of them, of him. Um, and he did come on in the game against Halifax at the weekend. The outgoings we've had were Oli Bray to Truro City for a month's loan. Um, he came off the bench against Hampton and Richmond in the f- at half time, I think, and scored within a minute of, of coming on. Um, and he got 80 minutes um, in the midweek game, so a good a good good start for him. And the other the big one, I suppose, and the one we probably want to talk about maybe is uh, the end of season loan for Tommy Willard to Farnborough. Um, and as as Julian mentioned earlier, he's well, not earlier, but to me, <laughs> in an email, um, his last kind of touch was away at West Brom. Um, so yeah, I guess I'll come to you first, Julian. Your thoughts on those kind of outgoings and the incoming. Yeah, with um, with Tommy Willard, it's um, it's a really interesting call, isn't it? Because I think he's actually played uh, really well. I think he's played really well when he's been uh, on the pitch, and and to to convert him into the middle, um, I think it was a bit of a masterstroke from uh, from Tommy Witherington. Um, so I was kind of surprised that he was being out on he'd been put out on loan till the end of the season. But then if you look at the strength of our midfield at the moment, you would probably put him at fifth or sixth choice. And and I don't see him in our minds as a forward anymore. So if you look at him in that light, then it's probably a, a fair shout. And and he's you know he's going to struggle to get back in the side before the end of the season. So you know, it sounds as if he's had an arm around the shoulder and said, look, you know, go and get some game time and perhaps we'll review it again in the summer. But um, I can't help thinking that that, that assist at uh, the Hawthorns was probably the last thing that uh, he's going to do for Aldershot. I don't know, don't know what the other guys think. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. Also interesting to see what um, position he, t- he tends to play for Farnborough. I don't know if, because it might be a positional thing where he's, he's going to be trying to be converted into a, uh, I don't know, a centre attack in mid in Josh Stokes's mould. Um, what are your thoughts on on those outgoings and incomings, Joe? Um, I mean, um, hopefully I might get a chance to go and see Ollie Bray because it's my neck of the woods. Um, well, Truro's Cornwall, isn't it? But I don't think Truro were even playing in in Truro at the moment. Um, after we we'll have to check that one out um, because I it's think still they, Plymouth Parkway. Yeah, I think they're playing at Plymouth. Yeah, they yeah. they moved around there at Torquay at one point. So, um, oh, of course, life as a Truro City fan. <laughs> lots of away games they don't even get they have to go away for their home games as well so that's a must be a fun one anyway yeah i'd like to pop along and see him but um i think his was more more obvious loan um because he was never really i don't think seen as a starter this season i think he's he's a long-term plan um probably to perhaps take over the reins of Tolage next season depending on how he plays willard i think from what i gathered from from reading around i think because he wasn't going to be starting, I think he wanted to go out on loan so he could play regularly. I think he probably knows that he m- might not be a starter next season, so he wants to put himself in the window, or if not, really prove himself to be with us next season. Um, but yeah, I think he wanted to play, so I think that was a bit down to him, judging from what Tommy said. So yeah, just think we will miss him a little bit as an impact sub sometimes, because I think it was the game against Stockport, the first leg um, at the EBB, um, where he, I actually think he was one of our 
strongest players in that tie and made a real difference going forward and contributed us to getting that replay. So, um, yeah, I think we will miss him. Um, but at the moment, who do you drop from our midfield? Very true. Very true. I suppose we are always probably one one injury away from from needing um, a Willard. So I wonder if there's a, a recall um, kind of feature in that loan loan deal. Um, and I'll come to you as well, Ian. What do you, what are your thoughts on Willard Bray and Daly? Yeah, the, I mean the Daly one was the one that obviously got everyone alarmed because we were like another attacker. Wow that's definitely got to be in anticipation of somebody leaving. Um, so that was a little bit of a surprise, that coming in. Maybe there was some truth in how serious the offers were from Wimbledon, Portsmouth, etc. And that was done as a contingency. Um, but uh, yeah, Bray, I remember, I think it was Julian when Bray signed, did suggest that he'd go to National League South on loan didn't happen initially but it's ended up that happening um and then maybe yeah there's an element of convenience with it in terms of location uh, as well but we look forward to seeing him back at some stage and think joe's absolutely right that that's a, a long-term project and my theory also at the time was that he was more signed because we'd identified him and wanted to get in there before someone else did. Yeah, Willard, um, he had time out on loan at Farnborough last season, didn't he? Um, and everyone thought that that would be the end of him then. Uh, but he came back this season. Opportunities limited due to the success of the forward line. Uh, but yeah, I I liked him in a defensive midfielder role when he has played this season. The Stockport came with the be the best example. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm okay with him going out on loan. I can see why, because there's obviously been suggestions by some people that we've wrong, we've loaned out the wrong midfielder. People sort of suggesting that perhaps it should have been Theo going out on loan. But I think on this one, I'm trusting in Tommy. And hopefully Willard impresses at Worthing. He got his goal on Saturday and it means that next year I guess a lot of it is all depends on the comings and goings at Aldershot that if we're still in the National League next season and some of the players move on to better things then I think we'd want to have first option on Tommy but if we do find ourselves in League 2 then he probably wants to be looking at himself at a National League or National League South club. Yeah, yeah, I think that's that's fair, I think, for, for Willard. I, I was, yeah, slightly miffed when he was absent from the team after after those performances, well, after the West Brom game, really. I don't know if there was an injury or something or, or sickness was going around. I don't know. <laughs> there was something, but um, I'm happy to see him playing games. And I, yeah, I'd be interested to see if anyone can can tell me or, or knows what position he will be playing in most times. Um, so that's that's the deadline day stuff covered. We're going to move on to the, the small matter of Old Shot beating Halifax away at the weekend in a 2-1 win. 1-0 uh, down, um, seemingly as as per. It, it felt kind of natural for uh, for Halifax to be one up 
um, and always felt that we were in the game enough to to turn it around. Toladge and Thomas with the goals. Kwame Thomas, two goals in a week. Glover with three, three assists in two games, um, two at Wildstone and one at Halifax. Um, and yes, yeah, Stokes' ball for for Thomas is, is one thing that I've got written down here. He just just superb the uh, the turn and just put it on a plate for Kwame's left foot. I think that's the first goal he scored with his feet, if I'm right. Um, so yeah, I just want to shout out Kwame Thomas because he was brilliant uh, at Wildstone when he came on to get that goal. And I just think he's a, he's turning into a bit of a cult hero. Um, I'm going to come to you first, Ian. Switch it, switch it around. What are your thoughts on on that Halifax game and the importance to our our season and our standing right now? Yeah, that was a brilliant win. I think last week we'll be happy with the point. So to get two extra on top is a great bonus, and it put us up to fifth on Saturday night, which is the highest we've been this season and highest we've been for six years. So. That was a great feeling on Saturday night um, to be in that lofty position, but also feel like, yeah, we deserve it. Um, slow start in terms of Halifax, but after half time, whether it was the team talk, made the difference. But um, yeah, that was some really, really good goals. And the Stokes ball for Thomas to score was was exceptional and uh, although he's not been in the goal since his move to Bristol City he's still making plenty of positive contributions so absolutely desired to be three points on Saturday Nice and come to you Joe what are your thoughts on that win? Yeah it was a it was quite an entertaining game actually and very different to the Wheelstone game um, I think partly because the, the pitch played quite differently but um, I, one thing I did note was we went 1-0 down and I went we're going to win this game <laughs> rather than uh yeah i just felt more comfortable being um 1-0 one 1-0 one down to win the game than when we were 2-0 up a couple of weeks ago at Kidderminster. um it's it's a strange strange feeling watching older shot being 1-0 down especially after the last few years where going a goal down you thought we'd not got a hope in hell of ever getting a result um so that was great it was nice to see us come out after half time and um and sort of finish the game off uh, i thought ryan glover was superb um he's a real revelation at the moment um he just does not stop running and I, he sort of seems to have got rid of the cramp problem that he had every game after about 60 minutes um in the last couple of seasons so probably presumably improved fitness levels um i wrote down that um i thought many sa had a much more solid game i think he was understandably off the pace against wieldstone and probably hasn't started a game for a, for a while having come back from injury and I thought he put some really good solid challenges in and looked a lot more comfortable with the defenders around him which is you know comes with time and 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 more more minutes the cross from Stokes yeah you've all said it but uh, it was sort of I wrote down De Bruyne-esque sort of just went round the defenders and then um, credit to Kwame though um, it's on a plate but he's still got to put it past the keeper Um yeah, great goal. Just we don't score goals like that, so it was uh, it was just this is a pleasure to watch. Um, Jordy, he made a really good save at the end. Um, we we're, we're always quick. He's uh, on the end of a lot of criticism, a lot of the time, sometimes justified, but we have to call him out when he you know does effectively at the end of the game there, keep win us the win us the points. It's as good as a goal that save he's made. Yeah, great result. 
I thought Halifax were um, industrious, quite industrious, but you can sort of see why they haven't scored loads. Um, they sort of got themselves into the final third quite a lot and then ran out of ideas. Um, and I think they lost again this week and having not lost at home much this season, they've lost twice in a week and they might be one of those teams that are in and around the playoffs that drop off. Hopefully for us, they do. Um, so yeah, really happy with the result. Um, away wins haven't been that frequent, um, but we actually saw the game out really comfortably, um, which we haven't done. So yeah, testament to the team and testament to the bounce back ability. I hate that phrase, but it, it's, it's, it is true for us at the moment. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely on that last five minutes, I didn't worry once. I, I felt very confident we were going to see this one out. And Julian, come to you. What are your thoughts on, on the win? Yeah, I thought it was pound for pound, probably our best away victory of the season. Um, just when we really needed a, a good three points, you know, we, we went and got it. And hundred um, percent agree with with what Joe was saying. It was um it, it didn't worry me as much going one nil down. I always felt there was a an option at half time to change things around. It's really interesting listening to the the Halifax uh, guys, the the uh, manager and the players on their thoughts of the game, and they were all saying that um, it was two soft goals. But um, from a shots point of view, I did not see two soft goals. I saw you know, the first goal was was well worked. Uh, Tyler Frost got the ball in the middle of the park, found some space, and that's a and superb slide ball pass through to Glover. Lover did what he needed to do, and and Lauren Tolage was on the end of it. I thought that was a fantastic goal. And then to say that you know, Josh Stokes's vision skill turn is is a soft goal to concede, you know that was that had championship written all over it. He had two people on him, turns didn't even look up. He just sent this ball over, and again, as Joe said, you know Kwame Thomas to to volley that inside footed. Yeah, I was expecting, half expecting it to end up in Halifax Town Centre, to be honest. But um, it, it was amazing. It was superb. And yeah, I felt really comfortable too. Really comfortable victory. And again, what Joe said, I, I totally agree with. I think Halifax are going to be one of those teams that do drop away now. I think they've they've lost three in a row. So, and with no real goal scorer there either. So I just can't see them you know, making up the points. So, and we'll get onto it a little bit later about sort of playoffs, but um, you know it's it's really good news to seeing your Halifaxes and your Eastleys you know, starting to fall away. It's it's all good for us. Absolutely. Just think on Halifax. Sorry, no, okay, just, I can. think on Halifax there that the um the home fixture um, they had the one of their attackers was it Milnick Alley. He absolutely tore us to shreds that day, um, and they they've just lost him to um, up the road from me actually. So he's gone to Exeter in League One. So um, I think he was a massive miss because they, did, I think he was their sort of that sort of linked to the to their front line and 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 was a source of a lot of their goals, and I, and I don't really think they've got the finances to replace someone like him at this stage of the season. So as a Halifax fan, I think they'll probably be gutted. It's probably the equivalent of us losing one of our front three for their season, really. Yeah, definitely. He was he was a terror in that home game. He was terrifying to. <laughs> To watch them watch them counter with him was like, especially at nil nil that whole time. Gosh, so I was very glad he was gone. You said something, Julian. I was going to say, 
they're, they're kind of saying there were soft goals. I do, I do think I don't know how they've left Kwame Thomas in that much space, but def- like defensively, that's a, a shoddy bit of marking because um, he is in so much space. But for Stokes to find him anyway is it's by the by, isn't it? Great. So that leaves us with a ten-day gap until our ne- next game. Um, from that game, um, now as we record, it's a little under five, six, five. Six, six, there's a recording. Five, when you hear this. Then we've got three home games in a row. So uh, we've got AFC Fylde. They've won four out of their last five. They lost last night. Um, so that put them back into the bottom four. They did go above Woking for a, a split second. And then we've moved on to the live on TNT sports game against Altrinham at the weekend, which is 5.30 kickoff. Um, they're currently above us in fourth. And then we move on to the Barnet game on a Tuesday night. So two Tuesday night home games. Um, they're currently sitting in second and will probably stay around there, depending on if them or Bromley have a little fight for that. Um, so, yeah, the next the next normal pod will be after that Barnet game. So can I get your thoughts on the next three home games? And can we finally turn our minus one goal difference into something positive? Um, I'll come to you first, Julian. Yeah, three really important home games to come. Uh, there's no mistake in the fact that our home form has been light years away from what it was last season. Two defeats, both of those defeats, I think, were a bit unusual. The Chesterfield game was would, could have gone either way, and, and I think the easily result was just one of those days. So really good home form. I guess I'm being a little bit greedy, but I would be looking for two wins and a draw. And I think if we can beat Altrincham live on the TV, that's going to set us up really nicely for you know the running. Uh, I was really pleased, actually, in a weird sort of way, to see the Altrincham game postponed last night. Uh, because if they had got a result then and then got a result on Saturday, then suddenly they're seven points away from us and, and it sounds you know, a lot of points to be catching up even though we've got them in in the uh, live game so um you know really pleased to see lots of rain in manchester at the moment and uh, let's hope it carries on for saturday and they get that game called off as well uh, and then we can have fourth place all to ourselves but uh yeah no feeling confident i think um all three are winnable uh, you, you never know, quite know what Barnet are going to do. You know, they could play some superb football or we could beat them. So really excited to have these three home games. Be interesting to see whether the supporters choose any two out of three to go to or or whether you know we can we can get some really good gates for all three. I'm, I'm not sure that will happen. It, it could well resemble a bit of the Bromley and Rochdale scenario. But um, I don't know. We'll we'll see how that goes. But yeah, really excited for the next three games. And again, we're going to be guaranteed playoff position for I think at least probably a couple of weeks still. So um, it's all good in my eyes. Yeah, lovely stuff. Um, yeah, it does. I suppose after a normal ten day break and then a home game, you would expect a kind of a, a bumper crowd, I suppose. But it, with it being filed at home, it it doesn't really scream. I want to go to that game. Um, and then that, I was just going to mention on the, the TNT selection for Ultrashot against Ultram. I mean, I don't agree with it being half five because I'm not sure how Ultram fans are going to get home. 
But uh, in terms of picking a game that should be on TV, Aldershot against Altrincham, the last couple of uh, this season for us and Altrincham, the last couple of seasons have been very easy on the eye. So um, should be should be a good game. Um, come to you next, Joe. What are your thoughts on next upcoming games? Um, I'm actually quite apprehensive about the filed game. They've massively picked up their form. Um, they've been talking. Um, they've beaten Bromley at home one nil. Um, that is, well, not many teams have beaten Bromley this season, so that's really quite an impressive result. Um, they've beaten a few teams in and around the playoffs. I think they've beaten Hartlepool, Rochdale. Um, they've really not lost much in their last seven or eight games. Um, it's going to be a lot, lot tougher than um, when we went up to their place earlier in the season, which actually we um, turned them over quite easily. Um, one of the most comfortable away games we've had this season really so um, yeah I'm quite apprehensive about that one um, don't think we should underestimate them not saying that we will but I just think we need to be really wary um, Altrincham I've got a good friend who's an Altrincham fan he's absolutely loving this season um, don't think they've ever been to the Football League as far as I'm aware Um Someone could correct me on that, but I don't think they I don't think they have. So it's sort of the highest they've ever been, really. Um, they've got a really, really exciting um, style. Um, they think they've kept hold of Chris Conclark, um, who is their their um, sort of lethal player going forward. There was a lot of rumours that he was going to go. Um, so that's that for them, much like us with Tollards, might be their key to their key to them getting into the playoffs. Um, it'll be an entertaining game, as you say. Two teams that want to play football. Um, I don't think it'll be goalless. Um, the Barnet game. Barnet are having a not a blip, but they're just they've just been in and around there all season, really, haven't they? Um, probably they know they're not going to break Chesterfield. Um, well, no one is, so it's just they have to sort of maintain their level so that they don't drop out of the playoffs. Um, so it'd be interesting to see what sort of game that is, but. Um, yeah, three home games. If we can get, if we can get five out of the five points out of nine from there, I'd be, I think that'd be a really good return. Really. Yeah, great. Sorry, I was just, I was just having a look at Altrincham. Um, they were crowned champions of the top of the non-league twice, um, and were voted weren't voted in both times. Um, so they received twenty five votes to Rochdale's twenty six the first time, and then. They failed by 15 votes to 41 by Halifax. Uh, Halifax, who were the lowest ranked football league club. So they've had a bit of bad luck, apparently. There was a, apparently a mix up with some of the voting as well. So, uh, you know, go and research that in your own time. Um, Ian, what are your thoughts on the next three home games? Yeah, I'd love seven points out of nine, but uh, I'd actually be okay with five or six, depending on how things fall. I think, yeah, Joe's right to be apprehensive about the visit of Fylde. Uh, they've picked up and the National League is a funny league this year in that there's not that much between teams at the bottom. Normally you have 24th, 23rd, 22nd sometimes tailed off and look searched for relegation, whereas... This year, you've probably got Oxford City look very likely to go down, but everyone else is in a real dogfight. So, Fylde could could easily come to the wreck and go home with three points and 
their single figure away fans going absolutely crazy. So yeah, we've got to be on it for filed. The Ultranum game, quite excited about that one. And it's good to be on TV. Um, and it feels like it's not just TNT fulfilling their contractual obligation of having to feature us at least once that we're on because it's been picked out as, oh, that could be a good good matchup. Um, it's up against Manchester City, against Chelsea on Sky at the same same window. So, yeah, don't know what that would do to both viewing figures and the actual match attendance. And then, yeah, Barnett's... Um, that was one of the earlier games in the season, the game at uh, the Hive, where I was quite pleased with all the shot that on that particular night where we went 2-0 behind, but did find some fight to get it back to 2-1. And that was where I thought, oh, maybe we'll do something this season. Maybe we'll be okay. So be very interested to see how both teams play um, on the rematch yeah, I've watched Barnet because Barnet have been on the TV a bit themselves and don't don't look that good when I've seen them on the TV, but you know, they're in second place and they're certainly they've got good manager, decent players, so looking forward to all the games but for, for different reasons. Um and I think it's fair to say that yeah, people if they can only make a couple, maybe filed's perhaps the one they'll miss, I can't feel. Yeah, yeah, you'd think so. You'd think so. It'll also be good because it's our second time on TNT Sports this uh, this season. Obviously, we had the East yeah, League. Yeah, first didn't go very well. So. Not, not great. So we've uh, maybe maybe that's why they've we've improved it. a lot since then. We have definitely. Um, great. Well, we'll we'll park it there. The uh, the home game triple coming up soon. Okay, and now we'll move on to any other business, which as we aren't playing this week and we didn't play in the midweek, um, it's just kind of catch up on on the National League and how it looks. Um, you can remember the top three. Um, that is Chesterfield, who have hit 80 points after just 31 games. Um, I don't know how many home games they've won in a row now, but it's in, in the 20s. And um, they look look likely to win the league by March, I reckon, or the middle of March, I think. I tried to work it out. They're still on course to break Wrexham's record from last year. So forget about them. We've played them twice. They can uh, hopefully take points off everyone else. Um, the only the only problem with that is I think they might be playing teams after they've already won the league, which could be annoying if they start resting players or not going for that. Uh, or, you know, all gung-ho. Um, so we can forget about the top two and three, uh, Bromley and Barnet, probably for the moment. They're on 58 and 56. And then we've got the playoffs, which as it stands after the midweek results, Solihull, who beat Halifax, as Joe mentioned earlier, um, are on 50 points in fourth. Ultranum, two games in hand on, on Solihull, one point behind. And then Aldershot in sixth, 48 points. That famous minus one goal difference still going strong. We played 31. Um, so everyone behind us, which is Gateshead, Oldham and Rochdale, have a game on us. Um, so, yeah, that's that's mainly... It's mainly just Gateshead and Oldham behind us that look likely to to nab that uh, final spot. Um, so yeah, let's let's discuss the uh, how the playoff pitch is looking after this midweek and and the weekend's results. Um, Ian, I'll come to you first. How how are you feeling about the uh, the top of the league? Yeah, I mean, last week 
I think you asked the question of, was it more 16, 17, 17, 18? It's definitely 16, 17, where we're hopefully going to get in the playoffs and we'll get into them playing some good stuff. And I think ideally, yeah, we need to try and be fourth or fifth for that slightly easier route. However, if there's a side that would suit playing two away games to get themselves through to Wembley, then it could well be Aldershot. Um, Still work to do till we can talk about it as a certainty. But I think since we've been doing this podcast and coming on, most weeks I've felt positive that we will make them. It was only after the Bishop Stortford and the Kidderminster games that the belief wavered a little bit. Uh, But on the whole, I think the business that's been done in January, the comings in and more importantly, the not goings out, uh, makes me believe that we will be there. And three home games, as we've talked about, is a good opportunity to try and cement that position and start to put a bit of daylight between wherever we are and eighth place. Yeah, great. And um, come to you next, Julian. What are your thoughts on on the kind of top half and our our playoff chances? Yeah, I mentioned it a little bit earlier on. It's it's really good to see teams dropping away, and and I think Halifax have have lost it a little bit, and I think Eastleigh perhaps that they've got a bit too much to do. So uh, I, I'm agreeing with Ian on this one too. I think it's going to be seven, any seven from eight. So if you're looking at those eight teams then it's really down to who's got the momentum you know going into the final part of the season and again there's Ian mentioned it already you know there's there's a interesting a transfer window just gone through you know we've come out of it in a positive Solihull have come out of it probably in a negative they've lost Josh Kelly and and that sounds like that's going to be a hard one although they did uh, have no problems putting Halifax away in the week but you know, I, th- I still think they're going to miss uh, Josh Kelly. And Gateshead have lost uh, one or two players as well. So Oldham, I think they've signed another striker who's got goals in him. Uh, one of the guys, I think Kurt Willoughby, has gone off to Air United on loan. So you, you can you, know, you can think of, of Oldham as perhaps one of those. So, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling confident. As Ian said, you know, We've we've been through this now. We're in the tenth episode, and I've not really felt unconfident that that we can get there. And then once we get there, ideally, yeah, fourth or fifth would be would be great. It gives us that first home tie. And if it is Bromley or Barnet in the semi final, you know, again, there's a, there's a great chance that if we're away to them, that we could do something there. So then we're at Wembley, and then we're up, and it's uh, as easy as that. See. All it needed was a podcast to start, and we're there. <laughs> we'd, we'd hit momentum. Um, yeah, you're saying with uh, Bromley and Barnet. I know Joe said this earlier, so I'll lead into you uh, to asking you. But um, Bromley haven't won in five in the league, and Barnet have only won one in five. So that that gap has substantially dropped off from where it was, where it felt like they're pretty much um, pretty much certainties to be second and third. So Solihull could could maybe bridge that gap, and even us, to be honest. There's there's plenty of games left. Um, Joe, how are you feeling about the playoffs and the top of the top of the league? 
But it's interesting there you're talking about Bromley and Barnet and and sort of how they've dropped off a little bit. You end up with this unique situation in the National League um, compared to the sort of four divisions above us where you've got a team who are top, who are pretty much guaranteed to go up and the teams in second and third, um, you look at Bromley and Barnet, you've had very, very good seasons. Um, they're just part of the rest um, and it, it's quite a strange one to look at. Um, from a Bromley and Barnet perspective, they've been occupying those positions pretty much all season. Um, the motivation for them at the moment, obviously they want to go up, but it's they're almost going to feel like they've got to just do enough. And I think the mindset for them is going to be quite interesting to see see how they they sort of go because Bromley have, like you say, have dropped, dropped off a little bit. Barnet have... Kind of the last only that I'm talking the last couple of games. It's not a major blip, but um, is that a sign of a slight slip off? Um, if we look look at second all the way down to to eighth, I I have no idea what the order will be, um, because I yeah I'm not sure who's going to drop off, who's going to sort of keep their form. Um, that could be I honestly think that could be any order. I wouldn't be surprised if. Um, come the end of the season, Bromley were in seventh and Altrincham were in second. I honestly wouldn't um, because this league is balmy and um, the playoffs are a total lottery. Um, I am worried about Oldham, to be honest with you, just because of the, the strength and depth in that squad. Um, outside of Chesterfield, they probably got the, the, the most expensive squad with some of the sort of most football league pedigree and experience. Um, you look at the likes of Altrincham and Aldershot, they're much younger teams um, much less proven, but again, that could work in our benefit because we are fearless. So, for risk of this podcast aging badly, I I'm not I'm gonna uh, say I'm not fully confident. Um, just to add some balance, um, uh, it pains me to say it, but I think we could end up missing out on goal difference in eighth. Um, I'm just gonna say it because our goal difference has been an issue all season, and I think. Because we always talk about it, shipping goals. If we're going to miss out, I feel like it's going to be really painful because it's older shot. I've got to provide balance, you know. That is balance a... and a half. <laughs> yeah, it's a fair point you make. It's nothing too controversial. No, that no. you're saying there at all. It's a it... fair, very fair point. It's been um, it's Lit. been a, a thing of all season, hasn't it? And it just means that we have to get an extra point at the end of the day. But um, yeah, it could be, the, as you said, Joe, it could be the difference between seventh and eighth. So who knows? Better do something about the goal difference in the last 15 games. Yeah. And I think the one thing that does provide me with confidence is I was just having a look earlier at our results against teams in and around the playoffs. And it actually been pretty good. Uh, you look at our results against Bromley. Um, we oh no, we lost against Barnet, um, but we didn't play badly. We had a cracking result away at Solihull. Um, I think one of our best defensive performances of the season, uh, where we sort of snatched a goal on the break and just saw the game out. Um, and that was away from home. Um, Altrincham, we went up there, lost narrowly, I think, and again gave them a really good game. And um, we've done all right against Gateshead. Oldham, move on. <laughs> yeah, it does. It does. I was just having a look at the kind of fixtures coming up as well. The rest of the season, obviously, we've we've done Chesterfield and Bromley. That's the top two done, um, and then home games against third and fourth uh, to come. A home game against fifth, and then obviously we've got a away game against Gateshead and 
and a home game against Oldham. But it does seem to be, yeah, that that top eight, as 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 Julian said, will probably be the the makeup of it, unless there's something remarkable. But I look at those teams below them. I mean, Maidenhead have won two out of the last three. Hartlepool have won two in a row. But you've got a string five or six good results to get anywhere near the uh, the, the top eight now. Um, cool. So we can forget about the midsection of the league. They're all nothing clubs. Maidenhead, Eastleigh, Wildstone, Dagred, Borenwood. Rubbish. Absolute. Get rid of it. So, um, yeah, I thought we'd just discuss the kind of the relegation battle because at the weekend, Woking were in the bottom four again due to, um, as, as I said earlier, filed. have now won four out of five games. Kidderminster have won four in a row since Phil Brown um, has, has arrived. We were obviously his first scalp. Um, so yeah, I guess guess our thoughts on who might who might go down is it is it as low as Southend? Do we think Southend are definitely safe, or and could York go down? Um, I come to you first, Ian. I think York could go down. Yes, I think Southend will be okay. Uh, but yeah, this is the sort of year where someone will drop from what might seem a relatively comfortable position where they think, oh, they've only got to win like four more games and they'll be fine. And then they suddenly manage to only win two of the last 15 or something like that. So there's every opportunity for that. As I mentioned earlier, I think Oxford City probably the one not to get out of it, but it could well be on the last day of the season that, the team 23rd, 22nd, 21st all find themselves safe. That was it. That was a massive win for Woking last night, wasn't it? Beating Oxford. They really, really needed that one. Uh, it put them safe again. Um, so, yeah, it's really hard to call. It's quite interesting and it's really good not to be there. Uh, worrying about it because unfortunately we've had far too many seasons of the past 10 with nervous times at at this point of the season so yeah I couldn't tell you who's going to go down with any certainty but um, yeah there'd be quite a lot of clubs and you could even have some scenarios where I think most teams down there have changed their manager at least once haven't they and there might even be a few that tried to change it twice, much as Aldershot did last season, where we had three three managers in the season. And it was making me wonder, actually, with Woking, whether they would end up being one of those clubs. But maybe Michael Doyle, with that Oxford results, bought himself some time because they didn't have any sort of upturn, really, after his appointment, you know, one of their best results since he came along was the nil-nil with us on Boxing Day. So, yeah, you wouldn't would never fear for Woking. It wouldn't be right, but um, yeah, they do look vulnerable based on their their recent form. But maybe that win last night is just enough, or maybe it's just one of those that's papering over the cracks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Lewis Walker scored a penalty last night. Uh, last night for Woking um, yeah so they beat them beat Oxford City 2-0 um, Oxford City had two massive games really if they were going to um, stay up they had Kidderminster at the weekend and were 2-0 up against Kidderminster we've all been there haven't we um, and Kidderminster turned it around to win 3-2 Mario Morgan-Smith again scoring um, so they won four in a row 
Um, if Fylde win their game in hand, which is not next week, but will be a, a game at some point, they will be above Woking. So I think they're still still in trouble. Um, the other team we haven't mentioned is Ebbsfleet, who have a certain Danny Searle in the dugout as an interim manager. Um, he was kind of, um, well, a- any kind of viral image that you've seen of Jordan Ibe coming off the bench has young Danny Searle in it. So, uh, you know, fair play. I, d- I didn't see that coming, if I'm honest. Um, Julian, how do you see the uh, the relegation battle in the National League? Yeah, I agree with Ian. Again, it's it's a really interesting, you know, last last couple of months. If you look at the table, potentially anyone from twelfth could get sucked in. Whereas you you couldn't have said that in the last few seasons, as, as Ian pointed out before. You normally by now you would have had two or even three teams that were pretty much done and dusted. But uh, I always think. Um, this time of season, you tend to get one or two teams that, again, throw in some some truly awful performances, uh, and might only win you know one or two more games. And just out of the the, the bottom half, I'm I'm looking at perhaps Boreham Wood or even Dorking possibly could be sucked in quite easily. So it all depends really on on if Kidderminster can maintain the form. I think Woking will survive. I think that they've just got too many good players to to carry on playing as bad as they have been. Filed again are, are on a good run, and yeah, the same thing happened last season. I remember Gateshead and Torquay being completely out of it, miles away from anybody else, and Gateshead went on this unbelievable run. So you know, it's not beyond the realms of possibility. So. I got to agree with Ian again. I just it's just too hard to call, but my money could be on a, a Boreham Wood or a Dorking being sucked in quite soon. Yeah, there, there does always seem to be one one team that gets that gets dragged into the mire that you don't really think. Um, and yeah, there's a couple of teams around there. Dag Red. I mean, I know if you've got any F Young, I don't think you're going to be relegated from this league. Um, and Willstone got loads of games in hand, but there, you know, there's some signs there. And uh, Joe, we'll come to you finally. Um, yeah, how do you see that that bottom four? It's currently made up of the uh, all the promoted teams again, which is nice, nice fun symmetry. Sorry, that um, now I'll come to you. <laughs> um, I think uh, Julie made a good point there about Boreham Wood. Um, I think they might be a team. I'm just looking at their recent results. They've they're not losing loads, but they're not they're not winning much at all. Um, and draws at this stage can suck you in quite a lot. Um, especially if teams below you are winning, they're just gaining ground on you. So, um, and I'd love to see Boreham Wood go down. I don't have anything sort of personally against them. I just don't really enjoy their presence in the National League. If they add anything, I, I, I don't think if they if they voluntarily left, no one would really notice. Um, so yeah, they're just a team that I don't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I feel really mean now, but no, sorry it's, for, it's a horrible sorry. place to go to. Always charges us too much. Before, before it was fashionable to charge twenty four quid to get in, I'm sure they were doing it, so they can go well, down. I'm very sorry to the Borenwood fan. Um, <laughs> the other, the other thing, <laughs> without interrupting too much, I just looked at the table where we've talked about all shots goal difference. The goal differences that are in the worst state are Dorking and Borenwood. Yeah. Whereas Woking's is only minus eight, for example. That mm. you know, if that's worth a point. Then Dorking and Boreham Wood are 
potentially vulnerable on that basis and obviously south end with their points deduction they've got a positive goal difference so that's why another reason why i feel they might be okay just talking about south end there i cannot believe the the latest betting that um that they're still above order shot for uh, potentially top seven and promotion. Um, I don't know who's who's uh, putting the money on South End, but uh, mm. um, unbelievable. Which firms is that with? Who's the Essex bet in it? <laughs> the Peaky <Yeah>. Blinders. <laughs> yeah, no, I think it's um, uh, with Odds Checker. They were certainly showing earlier on this week as as being a, a good popular bet. So. Oh, yeah, I really can't see Southend making up. What is it, fourteen points behind us now? So I uh, can't see that happening with uh, the Super Laurentolage in in free flow. I've got a good friend who's a York fan, and he is really uncomfortable at the moment. Um, if they, you look at the start of the season, some of the money they were splashing around, I've... and to think they're eighteenth, two points above the relegation zone. When Cordner went, we sort of went. He's gone to a team that's splashing around the money. You can't really blame him for that. Um, he'll probably end up above us at the end of the season. And the positions are totally reversed to where we may have guessed they would have been. Um, I think it's actually probably one of the most underperforming teams in the league based on the start of the season and the squads they've sort of got together. Um, a lot of that's down, I think, to the wrong manager at the start of the season. Sort of they had, had him as an interim, not really a proven manager. And then when he had to build a squad... Um, didn't really know what to do with it once he'd once he'd done that, and um, and then uh, the name of their managers left my head. Um, Neil Ardley, is that correct? Yes, Neil Ardley. Um, yeah, he's um not really getting the many wins. Um, a lot of draws, but as I said a minute ago, draws aren't going to be enough to keep you up. Um, so yeah, I, if they drop down, having worked their way back into the national league, um. It would be a bit of a travesty, really. Yeah. So they've only won seven games this season. Um, they narrowly beat uh, Oxford City away and they drew away at Boreham Wood. So, I mean, they are they are deep in that that battle, I think, um, to, to go down. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah, well, we'll see. We'll see how things look. The next time we're together, it could all look different. York could be feasibly 23rd and Woking could be on the verge of being um, looking at a top eight finish, according to Essex Bet. Um, yeah, we'll probably end it there, to be fair. I think that's that's enough chatting about the National League. We'll see how, see how the week's looking and whether we can get my stag do My stag do this weekend, so give me a couple of days <gasps> to recover. Your stag oh. do? Oh, congratulations. <laughs> Where are you going? Bristol. No idea what I'm doing. Stay away. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in Sounds Norwich, dangerous. so I'm uh, as far away as possible. <laughs> Yeah, so um, yeah. don't record it on Sunday morning because uh, <laughs> you'll get some content you didn't sign up for. Yeah, can you record something on the dance floor, please? <laughs> Tribute to Lawrence Allard. Nice right. Talking to every Bristol City fan you meet about yeah. how good oh, yeah. Josh Stokes. Yeah, you wait till you see this boy, I tell you. <laughs>